0: Brooklyn. I'm your host, Shwinko, this is episode 184. I am not, unfortunately, joined today by my co-host, Prez, who is visiting his mother, being a very, very good son. So congratulations to Prez um, for leaving me alone to go do son things. Um, but I am joined by not a first-time guest, but first-time-in-a-long-time guest. You know him on Twitter as at Nick's Illustrated. His name is Conrad. Conrad, how are you doing? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah.
1: Uh, I got my I got my tequila seltzer opened up. And Do you? Uh, let's cut. Yeah, I do. I do because I, I know I know how you do, Schrader. I gotta I gotta like keep up a little bit. So uh,
0: no, it's just funny because you don't normally drink at all.
1: No, but I've been I've been re-dabbling, You know, it's always good to get back <laughs> off, off the wagon. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> it's always it's
0: always it's always good to get back off the wagon, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the 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 not drinking was more a measure of I'm in my apartment all the time. Drinking is going to make me gain weight. So now I'm like kind of out out there more. I'm like okay, like I'm working this off when I walk around the mall or whatever. (laughs) I'm not I'm not like trapped in a
0: cage anymore. So right, COVID's over.
1: (laughs) COVID's totally over. You know, I heard they're they're letting Kyrie back in. You know, as we experienced last night, Uh, the great mayor of New York City, the new mayor is uh is deigned to um. Just end COVID for everyone. So,
0: yeah, it was great. Kyrie was so good yesterday. It was amazing that the Nets won their um, the game seven of the NBA Finals yesterday. Um, a lot of victory laps were had. <laughs> yeah. a team that apparently is just very, It's funny because it's like that's always been like their thing, right? Is like oh, like this is the Knicks Super Bowl, and I was, I mean, which is fine. Like I get it. It's, it's, it's a funny joke, I guess. Um, but it was like during like before during and after that game it really did feel like the net super bowl it was like so much over the top shit talk and i was just like okay like i mean it's cool you guys are you know i get it like you're fighting for the plans seating so you know definitely hitting the highs of everything you expected when you signed these guys right
1: Yeah, I mean, it was the Nets Super Bowl in that all the Nets fans were watching for the commercials, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, before we get started, I do have to announce that Strickland has a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There's a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to this pod here that I do every Friday with Prez, even though he's not here today. Uh, You also get access to the mailbag that I do every other week with Jeremy and Drew. Furthermore, you get access to the Strickland Discord, where we yell about the Knicks uh you'd be surprised at how much people like to do that uh but maybe you wouldn't be since you're listening to this podcast we also have further tears as another tier that gets you access to my solo podcast that I do uh where I yell even more about the Knicks uh but more importantly you get access to weekly articles by the wonderful Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda two of the best writers in the Knicksverse in all of basketball in the, all of the universe I, I dare say uh definitely worth subscribing for that. Uh, There are further tiers. There's the $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those have got you access to a variety of other benefits, like live watch parties that we do together, listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast with yours truly one day. But whether you choose to subscribe or not, your support is appreciated. None of this would be possible without you. And without further ado, let's talk about the Knicks. Uh, The Knicks lost to the Nets. i would love to talk about this game in detail. No, I wouldn't because it's like, it's like 70. I don't know how many games I've seen like this this year. I've lost count. There's so many games that have played out exactly this way. And I actually, it's funny that this game happened because I wanted to have you on because I think uh, this pod and many others, uh, this pod is mine. There are many like it, but this podcast is mine. <laughs> um, No, there's been a lot of, um, look, there are, apparently, there's, like, people have turned this season into some binary, like, two schools of thought thing, where it's like, oh, so you think all of it is Tibbs' fault, and it's like, no, I don't, but okay, it's, like, presented as this, you think it's either all of Tibbs' fault, or Tibbs is perfect and blameless, and, like, even if you want to blame him for stuff, there's always a but, like, well, but. Well, you know, this and that. Okay, that's fine. Uh, But the reason I wanted to have you on is because we've mostly been uh, and I think it's fair to say most of the guests we've had on are pretty firmly of the belief that Tibbs has served his purpose and keeping him, which apparently the Knicks are going to do, is a waste of time to say the least. Um, And we can talk about this in more detail but the more I see of Obi Toppin, the more I just think that he's a fucking idiot um, and is so set. In <laughs> Obi,
1: Obi's not an idiot. Let's clarify. Oh, oh, oh. It's, it's, yeah, it's Tibbs that's the idiot really. Right yeah. yeah. now. Tibbs, <laughs> and, and
0: I just think it just, it's so, it makes it so clear that he's so rigid and set in his ways that he has had this guy nailed to the bench playing 12 to 15 minutes a game because he has no creativity or ability to think beyond the parameters he has defined for himself and for his team. Um. But I wanted to have you on because you have. I th- I like how we're going to do this. You've identified yourself as Tibbs ambivalent, whereas I'm yes. Tibbs out. And then there are, you know, the the others of of the Knicks universe that are. Uh, what are they? Are they Tibbs in, or are they Tibbs truthers? What do we want to call them?
1: Oh, they're like Tibbs and on at this point. I mean, <laughs> it's like <laughs> they they think every other coach besides Tibbs is a pedophile. And, um, they think there's literally no way to win unless you play Alec Burks, uh, you know, 48 minutes a game. See, you uh, can't
0: start quickly a point because he's not a point guard, which is why you have to start Alec Burks a point guard.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I don't know what's going on with all those people. I don't want to like stoke any resentment or anything about this, but like there's ah, like, it doesn't smell great to me. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but like I don't know how you look at uh I don't know how you look at what's how this season has played out and some of the decisions like just coaching decisions like I don't even t- I'm not even talking about the season overall but like we see the same mistakes every game. I don't know how you look at that and you're like oh yeah, coach of the year. Like I, you know what I mean? Like there there's just some clear issues there.
0: <laughs> well, I think I think the weirder part of it for me isn't like I and the, the, so this is the weird thing for me is like I think he deserved coach of the year last year because of the team he inherited, what it was, which like, I'll be honest, like I was probably more on the bullish side of like what the roster he inherited could do. And even then I was like, I think they can win like 27 games out of 72 last year. You know, like, Oh, (laughs) maybe, maybe they can win 30. Like I wasn't like, of the maybe we that, won't be the maybe we won't be
1: the worst tanking team. Yeah,
0: i I, th- I thought I thought we could be like competitive, give young guys minutes, and like not just get our asses kicked every night. We wouldn't be the worst team in the NBA, right? And to his credit, he got them punching way above their weight. And i I think he deserved all the credit he got for that. Um, and I think he did the best job of all the coaches in the NBA last year, if you want to argue Monty Williams or something like that, I have no problem with that. I thought of Monty Williams. I thought for me, it was either Monty or Tibbs. And if Monty had won it, I would have had no problem with it because I think he's a great coach and he deserves all of the plaudits and praise he gets. So I would have had no problem with it, but Tibbs won it. And I, I I still to this day think he deserves it. I'm not going to go back in the past and pretend like, Oh, well actually now looking back on it, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but, I think, like teams change rosters evolve what you need from your coach evolves right like it 's not the same team it 's not the same situation it 's not the same roster, and I think what we saw was last year, this guy can take a group of dudes who had no expectations, really um, had a lot to prove, all of them had a lot to prove, a lot of guys in contract years, stuff like that. And he can get them to buy in to what he wants, like his ethos, all of that stuff, and drive them every single night to play as hard as they possibly can. And he can drive them towards a collective goal, right? And I think this year, you come back to the not the same team, a similar team, but it's different situations, okay? You don't have Julius Randle motivated to, like, one, play for a new contract. And two, I think this is, like, people are like, I I still don't believe this, that, like, Julius just got his contract and mailed it in. I think some other shit's going on with him, which I don't really want to get into. I, I have no idea, by the way. I'm just saying I don't think it's about like he got paid and now he doesn't care. I think there's more going on with it than that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just think like so Julius, you know, obviously he's paying for a contract to a certain degree last year, but I think he was also like like I do think that he was motivated to show, yes, like I'm not just this bum guy that played the first year in New York. I'm a better player. He obviously had a lot of time off during the pandemic. He clearly improved his game, worked on it, came in the best condition of his life, um, and it manifested in the season he had last year. And I think, you know, you had R.J. Barrett, second year. He wants to show, like, I'm much better than I showed my rookie year. You had all these kind of individual storylines that led itself to guys buying in and playing towards the same goal and buying into, like, the roles that Tibbs had for them. And this year, I think, look, you come back, Kemba Walker isn't going to buy into to doing the same things Alfred Payne would do, right? And he's not physically capable of doing some of those things and whatever. Uh, Evan Fournier is not Reggie Bullock. No matter how much you want him to be Reggie Bullock, he's never going to be Reggie Bullock. Um, Like, you can go down the list. New Noel was hurt. He just didn't have it the entire year. Emmanuel Quickly is a better player than he was last year. R.J. Barrett is a better player than he was last year. Uh, Obi Toppin, a lot better player than he was last year. And nothing evolved from Tibbs' perspective, right? In his mind, it's just like, okay, Kemba and Fournier replace Elf and Bullock, and now we just go. That's it. That's nothing else changes. And you can look at the start of the year, how he was running the the, the lineups, and that's basically what it was. There was no—it was the same things, right? Obi Toppin, you only play when Randall sits, and he's only going to sit 12 to 15 minutes a night if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh Mitch is the starting center when he's healthy. Newell is the backup center when he's healthy. If one of those guys is out, Todd will step up. Right? There's no, we're not going to go small. We're not going to play Randall and Obi much together unless we absolutely have to. Unless, and by have to, I mean injuries are forcing us to. Like Fournier's backup was quickly. Kemba's backup was Rose there wasn't this this entire idea he's like been doing this oh he's developing quickly as a point guard the only reason he's developing quickly as a point guard is because injuries have forced him to play quickly as a point guard so those people that want to praise him for that can fucking eat my <laughs> eat my ass all right yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah and 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 Burks was RJ's backup right and sure there's some mixing and matching on the perimeter positions but like more or less these are hockey line subs he was doing. That's it. That's the same rotation as last year, except you replace the starting backward. That's it. Same rotation. There was no evolution. There was no, we're going to expand these things. And now, through the, through the throughout the course of the season, because of injuries, because of various things, he has had to adjust a bit. But ultimately, when push comes to shove, it's the same shit. And you see that in games like yesterday. You see that in so many games this year, where the things that got you the lead which are not necessarily the things he's the most comfortable with in terms of playing fast, moving the ball around, taking. I mean, I think he's accepted the three ball. I don't think that's necessarily part of it. But like the things, like yesterday, you have his game. You go up sixty-seven fifty at halftime. The ball is zipping around. You're getting out of the open court. You're getting whatever you want. You're playing with pace. Um, you were posting Burks in a way that was positive, like by not having him dribble the ball up and then dribble into a post up from the top of the key, but actually having him give the ball to somebody else, run through something to get a post, and then he goes to work. And then you compare that to the second half, where it's just these slow, methodical, clearly grinded-out possessions where every single possession was just Burks coming up, dribbling into a post, backing down Kyrie, backing down Kyrie, backing down Kyrie, and hopefully getting a shot, trying to draw a foul, whatever. And they scored 31 points in the second half. I'm sorry, like the Nets, however good Katie and Kyrie are, I promise you that team should never allow you should never score just thirty one points in the half. That's embarrassing. It's pathetic. And we can sit here and talk about the Knicks missed a lot of free throws. We can say that RJ and Burks played like absolute shit in the second half, which they did. Um, RJ even owned that in his post game press conference. Um, but like, if we're just saying these things exist in a vacuum and the coach doesn't influence them, then for me, like, I just can't understand what he does like, what is the argument then for what he does to bring him back? Because if he's neither responsible for, if he's not responsible for player performance and he's not responsible for how the team plays consistently in these blown 20 point lead performances that we've seen, I think we have like five this year or something like that. They, they were talking about the broadcast. I think it leads NBA too, by the way. Um, If we have, if we see the same things play out over and over and over again, then, what? I mean, it's like the it's like Office Space, right? It's like so. What would you say you do around here? And I don't say that as somebody who thinks Tibbs is an idiot. And I actually, I will say this to his credit: I actually think the defense is a lot better, um, even though the rating is not as high as it was last year. I think it's more flexible. I think it's more adaptable. I think he's shown a lot of really positive growth on that side of the ball. Actually, um, so if your argument is for, to keep Tibbs. Um, which is funny because the argument I see for this it never talks about this stuff about like what he's done to change the defense or evolve it and mold it differently and add more layers to it. Um, the people that like want to keep him never talk about this stuff, but then they'll tell you that you, you don't know anything about basketball. So how can you criticize tips? Um, yeah. so you know, those people are I mean, fucking losers. So uh, I you know, feel, feel like
1: there's, there's pretty much no, um, <laughs> Basketball
0: argument for keeping him right now. Like, so uh, I guess that was a long statement. What I wanted to ask you is, how do you? What does a what does Tibbs ambivalent mean to you? And I guess ambivalence means, in some capacity, that you don't mind him staying. So, like, why don't you mind him staying? And what does Tibbs ambivalent mean?
1: Right. So, I mean, I guess what I would say is, I definitely lean get rid of him. Just to preface this, I I really like how you just contextualized last season. Um, Like, here's how I feel about how I feel about Tibbs hasn't quite changed. I mean, I from last year, like I think that last year we, uh, if you look if you look at when when he was hired, right, a lot of Knicks fans had fears about the very season that we're seeing, like the the kind of coaching that we're seeing in this season, right? And it just so happened that we had this honeymoon season in between when we had those fears and when those fears were realized, right? We didn't foresee the honeymoon season of last year. Um, but the way I felt about, the way I started to feel about Tibbs last year was that he was one of these, like, we like we talk about like Fizdale as like a culture a culture coach or whatever, right? Where it, it's basically a um, it's basically a euphemism for this guy does nothing, and we think that players like him, you know. Um, and I don't I don't think that that applies to Tibbs. What I think applies to Tibbs is that he actually sets a culture, and this is where I feel like some some statements from the front office about their thinking and their vision for the team would, would actually help fans a little bit, you know, but I feel like he was brought in to establish a culture. And it just so happened that he did that so well, that it, it created an environment where we drastically outperformed our expectations last year. Um, and I think that's, sort of what he does. I mean, I think that he is a defensive coach and he installs a lot of like on court principles, but maybe isn't the best at, you know, um, the, the chess match of the game and that type of thing. But I feel like what we've seen with that type of coach is that um, you give them like a superstar, like a Frank Vogel with LeBron and AD, like they, they can take that team pretty far, but it doesn't also take a lot for that to like fall apart. You know what I mean? Um, So I guess how my ambivalence is, it's two things. One, I can see a situation where Tibbs, you know, can be a great coach again, can, can, I should say, can coach a great team again, um, given the right circumstances, given the right roster. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not like completely out on him in that way. I just don't feel that that's, the highest level of coach, right? Um, and then two, I mean, two is that he did, he did, he hu- played a huge role in getting us to the playoffs last year, and we were wandering the desert for however long, like seven or eight years <laughs> before, um, you know, and I feel like someone who, someone who helps you break that drought, if they fuck up, they should be given a second chance, Right. But, and that's largely, that's largely the case for Tibbs, those two things for me, right? But I think that when you look at those two things, they sort of fall apart, right? Like, because one, when you're talking about, okay, he's not the highest level of coach, like, that you can possibly get. So it's like, well, so what are you doing with him? You know, Um, he's already set, he's already set the culture. Uh, Like, if you can if you can get a better coach, go and do it. I mean, even if you're not, we're not obviously not gunning for, uh, you know, the championship next year, but I would like to make the playoffs. And if there's a coach that can better help you make the playoffs and get good development from your roster or the people that are going to be here long-term, I prefer that. And I think that there are coaches on the market and just in general that are way that can help us do that, uh like way better than tips can. Um so then the second argument is basically like yes he deserves a second chance because he got us to the playoffs. He he you know he he transcended his role in our expectations of him last year. Um and he brought us you know he he, he just brought us out of the muck really. And I'd I like to to I feel like that that should be like <laughs> that is not like a, a basketball argument like we're talking about. Right. But I feel like the, the, that is a very important thing to me as a person, because I feel like it's easy to forget just how terrible Nick's basketball was for so many years, you know, Um, and how hopeless it was. But here's the thing. You're what, what the argument is, is that he deserves a second chance for that reason. But Second chances are for people who change, you know, for people who change their ways. And we are talking about someone who literally is one of the most stubborn people uh, I've ever come across. You know, it's his signature thing. He's stubborn. He does not change. He's inflexible. Um, So it's sort of a pointless exercise to give him a second chance. You know, it's an exercise in futility. If, if you to me it's like if if Leon Rhodes, if the front office goes to him and says and here's a, another thing, like we don't we don't really know what they think. Maybe they think he it's not his you know, it's not his fault, but if they feel like we feel, if they have eyes, you know, if they have brains
0: Well, I mean they, they should go I think, to, they, I, I think they probably feel different ways, right? I mean, all right. the reporting indicates like there's no way I believe that there's no way any of the analytics guys think Tibbs has done a good job this year. Not a single one. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if a single one was like, Oh yeah, you know, you can't what can you do? He had no true point guard. Can't do anything. Oh, why? I know.
1: Well, yeah, well here, like, here's my here's here's my larger point. Is this that like if they if they went to him, Tibbs? <laughs> no, no, no.
0: It's like don't me, don't do
1: that to me. Don't do that to this, me, Schwinn. I'm not, you, I'm not I'm not
0: gonna is this the big you reveal can, where you just come no, no, out with your tip shirt? Is this like you can the, have a Tib Macri on if
1: you want if you want a Tibbs <laughs> shirt leader to, to use as a punching bag?
0: Big, big, <laughs> but, big news, Nick's Illustrated dropping new Tibbs merchandise.
1: Um, I actually still have some <laughs> Tibbs merchandise on the website and Randall merchandise, and I'm like, oh, I, I should probably take that down. Sorry, sorry to everyone who bought that stuff. Uh, I'll be coming out with some better stuff soon. <laughs> um, but the uh, Here's the, here's the thing. Like, if they were to go to him and be like, I think that they deserve, like, what he deserves really is uh, for them to go to him and be like, you really got it, you really fucked up this year, and here's how. And we need you to change because this is the vision of the team that we have, and you have gone in another direction, and it's created all sorts of problems for us all sorts of cultural problems, all sorts of, uh, you know, optics problems, that type of thing. And it just wasn't good basketball. And if he's like, okay, I hear you. Maybe it's a longer conversation, but like, okay, I hear you. I'm going to change. I feel like he deserves that chance. You know, he deserves that that opportunity to prove prove that he can change, that he can actually be a good coach. But here's the thing: I'm I'm like saying this. I'm picturing people listening to this. There is not a, probably not a single person listening to this who thinks that he would actually change, you know, like there's not a single person who thinks that with that conversation, he would, he would um, be receptive to, e- to even the criticism. Um, I feel like Tibbs is someone who, when he's told to do something, when he feels like external pressure or expectations put on him to do something that wasn't in his original plan, wasn't something that he decided to do. Even if it's the most rational thing in the world, you know, uh, he is less likely to do it because he because there is a lot of external pressure. And that is just a personality that's not that's you know what I mean? Like if he were a perfect coach, maybe that would work. But for someone who has to change a lot of things about his approach, that is like a really toxic personality. Um,
0: Yeah, I Look, I I agree with a lot of that, and we're going to get back to that, but I do have to say something. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win Big 2. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily fantasy, con- fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21-plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details, which I'm going to read to you now, and I probably shouldn't have read that part. All right. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. That's in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. You can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire, 888-789-7777, or visit http slash chat. Uh, that's in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP, uh, and that or text seven eight seven eight six seven for la 8 hope and y or text hope and y four six seven three six nine New York. Visit opgr.org that's in Oregon call or text Tennessee Redline line one 800 889 9789 for Tennessee or one 532 3500 for Virginia. Must be 21 plus or 18 and over in New Hampshire and Wyoming physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See see com slash sportsbook for details. Okay. I'm so happy.
1: can Can I just say something like, okay, everyone who, uh, is done hitting their skip thirty seconds, and we're back. Um, <laughs> Schwinn may have just had a stroke reading the fine print of that. Um, <laughs> it would be funny if they, they act like if people call that number and it just they, they're like, oh, Schwinn told me to call this number. I got to call. Okay, and then they, they pick it up, and it's just you being like, don't be a fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I think um, the thing with Tibbs is this, is it's not just that he's not going to change. It's also that like he has these glaring flaws that fundamentally are terrible for anything this team wants to achieve. I mean, I cannot... I, but now that he's been like forced to play Obi more minutes because Randall's out or within an injury, quote-unquote, um, I mean, what was like, there's remember, there were so many arguments this year. Like, oh well, you know, Rand Obi's not good enough. Obi's not giving us enough. You're not a practice. I mean, look, I wasn't a practice, but was Tips a practice? Because if he was a practice and he was watching this guy play like this, and he determined that he could not figure out a way to get him more than twelve to fifteen minutes in the court at any time, because he could only play the four and he could only play the four next to a true five. Um, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's just bad coaching. That's just yeah, terrible I coaching. Know. And it's not just terrible coaching, it's also coaching that costs you. It costs you when you're when you're a front office and you're looking to make moves, be it in trade or whatever. Uh you don't, have yeah, a good 100%. Read. you don't have a good read on your own player value. Your player values aren't increasing. And young player values matter more than anything in the NBA when you're talking about making trades. Um so so to that point uh it's just crazy to me that he's been allowed to do this and he's he's done, and 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 he's done it to the this regime's first lottery pick uh their highest pick so far um and then you know you talk about the quickly stuff and it's like yeah that's cool that he's like finally playing a point guard now and he's giving him 25 minutes a night or whatever it is and he lets him close games but it's like why can he not start why do we not put a premium on him playing minutes with rj barrett yeah like it just is... none of this stuff makes any sense and it's like ultimately i just don't know how anyone can accept this like i just really don't understand how you can look like i don't know how you can look at a game like last night And you can see how they played in the first half, and then you see what they did in the second half, and you see who he's running the offense through in crunch time and how he's running the offense. And at some point, like, look, let's be real. We've all criticized Julius, and Julius has deserved criticism for his play this year. He's been really bad. He's been really bad this year, and he deserves all the criticism he's gotten for his play. But let's be real about this. Julius wasn't on the court last night, and they reverted to the same type of ISO-heavy bullshit that we have seen time and time again with Julius this season, and especially in the second halves of games, and especially in the second half of games where they blow big leads. And that tells me that all of this stuff, and and I don't think Julius is innocent, okay? Not at all. I mean, I still want him to be traded. I think the Knicks would be better off. I think he'd be better off. Um, but it does speak to the fact of, like, Julius isn't like this idea that Julius was going rogue and you know Tibbs couldn't rein him in and like that's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. Like it's a nonsense. You know he was coaching Julius the way he wants to coach Julius and the way he thinks the team needed to play. He wanted Julius taking those shots. If he didn't he wouldn't call those plays time and time again. He, and if he and if he didn't want Julius taking those shots and Julius was doing it anyway then he's still guilty as the coach. Because he can't control his player, and he can't control his team, and he can't, and he has no backbone to make a stand. That's bullshit. It's it's just complete nonsense. It's it's bogus. Um, I think I think he's gotten a super generous pass this year from the media, especially local media, but even national media too. There's been no uproar about his coaching, really. There's been no analysis of, you know. I think John Hollinger wrote a piece a few weeks ago where he wrote about how like. Yeah, well, you know, it wouldn't have made a big difference if they just didn't play Kemba and started quickly. And it's just like, I mean, you don't need to be a rocket scientist, but like if you just look at basic numbers, that's wrong on every level. You know, like, yeah, it actually does matter if you don't play the worst player on your team in the (laughs) starting lineup and you replace him with arguably the best player on your team by a lot of metrics this year. Like that, that actually does matter a lot, Um, and I just, I just think that like people want to give him a pass for everything, and not, not everything, but it's like even the criticisms of him get couched in, well, you know, the front office didn't give him a point guard. Oh, well, Julius has not shot the ball well. Oh, RJ's still inefficient. Oh, like quickly is still learning how to play point guard. Oh, well Obi, you know, he wasn't ready and now he's ready finally. Magically he got ready the second that Randall was injured and he had to play more. But amazing timing. Like like really just the biggest coincidence ever. You know, I just I, I don't get it. Like if you like and, and the what really drives me nuts is the people that defend him the most that think he's this very, very good coach that you absolutely can't find that you cannot fire. You can't fire him, can't hurt the stability, can't hurt the continuity and hurt the culture and all this stuff. They want to hold him to the lowest standard. They want to hold him to the lowest standard. You know how many people yesterday were like, Well, what could he do last night? Oh, this is why you need Randall. Like, how how can you be like this is why you need Randall? And then also with another breath, blame Randall at various points this season because, well, what can Tibbs do? It's it's bullshit.